Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Happiness Hangout. This is Lori. So glad to be with you again. And you know, we talk relationships on the Happiness Hangout. The Happiness Hangout is all about a place to come and support uh, your healthy, loving partnerships. So uh, as per usual, we have a wonderful guest on and we talk about some aspect of relationships. And today we're going to talk about relationships with difficult people. And what does that really mean um, for both of you in that relationship? So excited to, to be discussing that today. So I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Roberta Shaler. She is the relationship help doctor. And she offers urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis through consulting, speaking, video, and writing. She particularly focuses her expertise on the partners, exes, adult children, and co-workers of relentlessly difficult and disturbing people. She has a great name for them that's trademarked, and they're called hijackles. So we're going to learn today what hijackles are and how to deal with them. Working with people struggling with life, death, and relationship for over 30 years in Canada and the USA, Dr. Scherler has brought hope, comfort, strength, and success to countless people who honestly believed it was impossible. Even the United States Marines have used her services. Dr. Scherler is the author of 16 personal growth and relationship books. Her most recent ones are to help those struggling with relationships with chronically difficult people. Dr. Shaler's work has been featured in many media outlets, some of which I'll just state here like Fox News, Psych Central, Cosmopolitan, Good Housekeeping, The Good Men Project, and so many others. Her YouTube channel, ForRelationshipHelp.com, is an evergreen source of practical insights and tips for relationships. Her newsletter and podcast, Vital Tips for Relationships, provides frequent, valuable strategies. So Dr. Shaler is really out there providing wonderful information for those out in the world who need it. So Dr. Roberta Shaler, welcome to the Happiness Hangout. Thank you, Lori. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, great. You know, I've always wanted to talk about this subject. Dr. Shaler and I have met and and known each other for a little while now, and we've never really gotten deeply into this piece of relationships. In other words, how to deal with a difficult person and what does that, you know, really mean to a partner? And you even mentioned, you know, how do, how does it mean to the to a couple's children, perhaps, and co-workers and, and all those different people around them. And we'll talk about relationships uh, with each other. But if we have time, we might even dig just a little bit into how it affects all the people around a hijackle. So, so I want to get into it a little bit, if that's okay with you. Can I just get rolling and get started here with the questions? Dive right in, Lori. Okay, very good. Very good. So let's start with, I think I want to start with you defining what a hijackle is. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Sure. Well, I wanted a non-clinical term. What I find is that when people are in trouble, in particular kinds of trouble in their relationship, they go running off to the Google goddess and they say, what's wrong with my partner? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so they come up with diagnoses that they're not qualified to make, but they, they read some things that sound very likely. So they diagnose their partner as a narcissist or a borderline or a sociopath or one of those things. And then from that point on, it's all about what's wrong with the other person. So I wanted a term, a non-clinical term that describes the traits because all hijackals drink from the same pool of traits. It doesn't matter about those other clinical things. So the term hijackal means a hijackal is a person who hijacks the relationship regularly for his or her own purposes while relentlessly scavenging them for power, status, and control. Oh, that's, you know what? I'm going to have you say that one more time. I really want us to understand the definition. Say that one more time. Hijackals are people who hijack relationships regularly for their own purposes while relentlessly scavenging them for power, status, and control. Oh, that's a tough person to be involved with. And um, I think a lot of people out there have, are in them now, have been in them, or are possibly going to be in them. So we know there are hijackals out there. How do we know if, if we're in one or we could be in one? How do we, how do we know if, if we're out there needing help with somebody who's difficult? Um, I'll start with that, and then I want to know the difference between a hijackal and somebody who's just difficult. (laughs) Okay. So there there are many things, and I have programs about this thing, but I'll give you a few insights. If you're with somebody or you're raised by somebody or, you know, you're in relationship with them in some way or other, and they always need to be right, therefore everything is your fault, no matter how insignificant the thing is, that's one big red flag. Because a hijackal cannot accept any blame for anything, but they are absolute masters at blaming you for everything. So that would be one big clue. And another thing is that they they have out-of-proportion emotions. So you're having a little conversation, or you think it's a little conversation about something that seems fairly insignificant, and they just go off like a Roman candle. And you can't believe the reaction that you got. And this is a regularly occurring thing. A third thing would be that they seem to lack empathy. And why they seem to lack empathy is they do lack empathy. So they're not interested in how you feel or what you think or what you need or what you want. They're interested in telling you and they will. They will tell you how you feel and tell you what you think and tell you what you should want. And so these are some of what I call the hallmarks of hijackals. Hmm. Now, you know, of course, our listeners out there are probably thinking who who that is in their life. And it may not be a loving partner. It could be it could be a friend. It could be a coworker. It could be anybody. Right. Absolutely. They're they're in all walks of life. You'll find them in anywhere that there is the opportunity to have authority over other people. 
Well, and, and you know, it's interesting because um, there is somebody that was in my life in the past for a very long time. Um, I was a partner with, and he um, he really meets those first two criteria. Uh, but he but he definitely had empathy. So are there people out there who are at different levels of being a hijackal? <laughs> no, it's a little bit like being pregnant. You either are or you aren't. Okay. <laughs> where where the difference comes in, Lori, is some people have been raised by hijackals, so they mimic the, the behavior they were raised by rather than taking it on for themselves. So when their backs are to the wall, they will come up with these behaviors because they're old. They're in that stress zone where they're, it's the faint flight, freeze, or, or you know, that whole thing. And so they, they revert to behaviors that they know. And that's why we'll often say that, you know, in the, your worst possible moments, you'll hear your mother or father coming through you saying something that you promised you would never say in your entire life. <laughs> so that it's not that there are, are really um, different degrees of hijackals. It's that their response level and their stress level makes it different for a person who has been around a hijackal to appear to have these behaviors. But they're not really a hijackal. Well, we can't tell till we work with them. Um, you know, they may have it may have all those things in their toolkit, but never use them except when they're stressed. Or when you really look a little deeper, you may find that they have more traits than you think. Well, I have to laugh because I I love buying those little sayings that you can put around the house. And a lot of them in my kitchen are about wine because I have a kitchen that revolves around the theme of wine. But I have one here that says, sometimes I open my mouth and my mother comes out. Exactly. And I just, I just had to laugh because it's sitting right in front of me. And I like to think that, you know, I'm trained in counseling. I like to think that I have... What you just said, I've worked on those very difficult things. Um, I had, for instance, a student in my class who um, was dropped from class because she didn't complete the work that she needed to complete. And she uh, uh, sent off an email that was, I would have put it in the category of vicious. And, you know, I had to, I think to myself, you know, old Lori might have not had the tools except to fight back, which on a number of reasons is not a good thing. I mean, many, many, many years ago, old Lori. But this time I realized this was about her stress because some of her email went off about um, her stressors in life, even though that was it was an extraordinarily mean email to me. I, I looked above it and saw that it, it's something else. Sure, she's mad at me. But when I wrote back, I, I wrote back in a more compassionate way um, because I feel like that's the me that truly is me. So, I, so it, it's obvious to see that we can learn how to be, especially if we're raised by hijackals. And uh, I don't believe I was, but if we're raised by them, we really have some hope perhaps to learn a different way of doing things. Is that true? Yes. Well, there's a spectrum, Lori. If you're raised by a hijackal, which I was, my mother was a hijackal and my father's entire family were hijackals and he was an extreme passive aggressive. So, you know, I was right there in the pack for a lot of time. 
But I thought they were all a little off. I thought they were all weird and I thought they were wrong. And so I had separated myself emotionally and mentally from them. But I still had all kinds of experiences with them, pre-language experiences, early language experiences that were deep down in who I was. And therefore, I became, I had the option of becoming a hijackal, of understanding hijackals, or actually becoming hijackal bait. So I was going to attract hijackals subconsciously into my life, which I did. And that's when I had to wake up and smell the herbal tea. Like, okay, here I've got this person. And in the beginning, he was Prince Charming. Now he is hijackal king. And of course, I didn't have the word for it. But like, my goodness, this feels just like being with my mother. I don't care for this. So when you're raised by hijackals, you have a variety of options open to you. But when you get stressed, particularly, that behavior may come out or you may go completely underground to avoid it. So you become very passive and very quiet and withdrawn. Oh, okay. And it's interesting that you had the wherewithal to realize what was happening. I understand that you're you know, you have all the way to the doctorate level of training, but are you saying that as a as a young person, did you, you picked up on what was going on? You may not have known exactly what it was, but you knew that something was, was wrong even as a young person. Did I hear that right? Yeah, I, I, seven, eight, and nine years old, I thought they were nuts. I just thought they were wow. nuts. Like, this is no way to treat a child. That's not how you talk to children. I remember those conversations in my head. Now, I don't know what I ever did to have that ability, but I had it and I was so fortunate. But what I'm also saying is having that ability and having all this training, it wasn't until after I had done all my training that the penny finally dropped as to how I was hijackal bait. Oh, what a term. Because I'm thinking about my growing up and and my dad had a real rough upbringing. He was a great dad, though. But one thing he wasn't good with is blame. Like he never took blame. He he never accepted it. Um, I never heard him say he was sorry. But at the same time, I could tell you he was a really great dad. He was kind. He was nice. He was sensitive. But he had that that thing like I, I, I remember it well. But everybody has a thing. So what's the difference between um, so you see somebody who's who's not a hijackal but just difficult. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a difference there, right? Well, there is. And the, the difference is the circumstances and the frequency. If a person just goes off the rails and is difficult or nasty occasionally and you can say, oh, they really are going through something. It really is a tough time for them and they don't often do it, and they don't do it in every relationship, then you can say, oh, well, this person's having a difficult time, and I can understand this, and I will watch if it becomes a frequent behavior. But with a hijackal, they will choose usually one or two people to sh- that they're closest to who will see this ugly side of them, and then they put on the perfect person out in the community. And that's where you get really confused by hijackals because you're feeling put upon, you're feeling put down, you're feeling small, demeaned, dismissed. And you go and try to tell somebody 
And they say, oh, he would never behave like that. He is wonderful. And the difference between the at-home and the out-of-the-home night and day. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense for people. So, so as we're defining a hijackal and hearing about who they are, our listeners might be wondering still wondering if they have one because even though you hear the <laughs> definition and I, we hear you talking and you and I are having this conversation, it may not be easy for someone to accept that their parent, their spouse, their coworker even maybe um, is a hijackal and quite frankly putting you through hell. So how do we begin as our listeners are sitting here you know, trying to absorb this? Where do we go next with the hijackal? What what would you recommend um, saying or what would you say to somebody who might have one? Where do we begin to recognize it? Well, first of all, I'd send them to hijackals.com and say, get the free ebook, How to Spot a Hijackal, and read it in the bathroom if you have to, to figure out, mm-hmm. do I really have a live one here? Um, because if if you do... Their behaviors are predictable, their patterns and their cycles, you can know them, you can see them, you can begin to say no to them. And that's the important thing. So beginning is to educate yourself. You're the one who needs to do the work. The hijackal is not going to do the work. In fact, the hijackal is so perfect, they would look at you and say, well, I'll go with you to a therapy session or a counseling session. Uh, But their whole intent on going is to seduce, manipulate, and exploit the therapist in order to get that therapist on their side so that they are aligned and can go against the partner. And that happens so frequently. I have clients all over the world, Lori, through the magic of the internet. And so frequently they will say, I've been to three counselors with my partner. And every time I was the one who was made to look crazy and beat up. And that's what happens. If you don't work with someone who understands the dynamics of hijackals, you can go and they will manipulate and seduce that therapist into believing that their story is the correct one. So be careful. You know, that's so interesting you say that because I teach beginning counseling at the college where I work. It's so interesting to get students at the beginning of their learning process because we talk so much about not taking sides in the therapy relationship, the relationship between the client and themselves and how hard they are not necessarily fighting me, but they're struggling so much. They're asking every scenario, but what if this happens? But what if that happens? And how important the basic concepts are in counseling to not take sides. But I can understand somebody who's extremely manipulative can definitely do that. And anyone who's out there in the counseling community, and I have various types of people who listen to this show, this is such a great reminder for anybody who goes to counseling or is a counselor to real to remember who we might have out there and 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 about the sides taking and about um, using our skills, our micro skills and our counseling skills in the right way. Because I understand this isn't a show for counselors, but it is a great reminder for anybody listening that boy, that can really get you into trouble because that just sends 
the client into more of a rabbit hole, you know, they're falling down the rabbit hole, maybe beginning to think they're crazy. And it's not exactly. Exactly. And and it's really important if you happen to be the partner of a hijackal and they do agree to go with you to see if you can interview that person first to understand whether or not they understand people with personality disorders. Because if they don't, if they only see them once or twice a year, you know, as see a person in that with that that state of mind once or twice a year. They may not pick it up. It's not a fault of the of the therapist. It's just it's outside the norm. And so you can have your own issues triggered as a therapist by having yes. somebody who's there saying, oh, well, aren't you wonderful and aren't you lovely? And I'm so <laughs> glad we came to see you because nobody understands me. I mean, my partner is just this and this and this and nobody understands me. And this is the hijackal speaking to the counselor. Mm-hmm. So now they're they're just currying favor and looking for empathy and they're doing all these things. And they they are not being seen as who they are. And that's not by any fault of the therapist in terms of their humanity. It's that you have to see them two or three times before you begin to see the problem. And by then, you may be already on board with them. So you do want to be careful. And if you're the person going to the therapist and you get you come away feeling like you just got beat up twice over then it's a good time to realize that you may need to be with somebody who's more experienced in dealing with these particular things because it's not everybody's thing. I have many counselors who say to me, how do you do it? (laughs) Why do you do it? (laughs) But I am absolutely passionate about helping people stop tolerating abuse. And I I can understand why you have that passion because you grew up with it. I grew up with it. I stepped out of it. I've seen it in too many forms to mention. And I know what to do with it. So my hijackal radar is on high at all times. <laughs> Absolutely. So so I'm, I'm sneaking in the restroom and I'm reading how to spot a hijackal. And I begin to think, oh, no. <laughs> I think I might be. I think I, I'm in a problem right now. So where do I where do I go next? What do, what do I begin to do next? Well, I I'll give you a scenario. I had a woman write to me uh, about two Fridays ago, and she said, "I just found your work, and this fellow that I was with before, and I left him. He wants to come back and start again, and I really love him, and I don't know what to do, but I just found your work." So what she did was she went and read my blogs and she, at forrelationshiphelp.com, and then she went to my YouTube channel for relationship help and she started, then she bought three of my books (laughs) and she made an appointment because I offer a a free consult appointment. So she made a free consult appointment. And then on Monday morning, she sent me a note. I have spent the entire weekend with you. I now (laughs) have woken up. The light is on. The answer is no. And I won't be keeping my free appointment. (laughs) So there is a lot I have out there for you and you are best off going and steeping yourself in the information. And then if you want to come into one of my programs or work with me privately, that's open to you. But steep yourself in the information. And if it still keeps sounding like, oh, yes, that's right. And that's right. And that's right. Then take some action to get some help. 
Well, you have a lot of great information out there because again, sometimes we just don't want to accept it. So the more you'll allow yourself to delve into everything you have out there from what you've just said and from what I read on your bio, and we'll talk about it again in the end. So people, folks out there, you're going to get this information in the end, where to go to find Dr. Shaler. But um, you sometimes have to immerse yourself in something um, and, and allow yourself to open up to the fact that you may be with one. So, so you're out there and you're exploring and, you know, some people's fear might be that there's a history with this person. There's children with this person. They still love this person, et cetera, et cetera. Is there, is there hope for this person? And do you necessarily have to leave this person? No, you don't necessarily have to leave this person, but here's my approach, Lori. First of all, do your own work. Find out while you're in that relationship, and I always tell people, do your own work first while you're in the relationship, unless there is sexual or physical abuse going on. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is because if you do decide to leave, you're a much stronger, empowered, and clear person when you leave. So do your own work. Find out what is actually going on, how you feel about it, Learn to set some boundaries, to maintain those boundaries, to reinforce those boundaries with consequences if necessary. Find out what you can change in the relationship by changing yourself. You will not change a hijackal. They may choose to make some changes because you may become uh, clearer or stronger or whatever, but you won't make them make changes. But do your own work. That's the starting point. Maybe you've, you've had a history like I did. You had a hijackal parent. And so you got, you were a hijackal bait. The hijackal found you. It all seemed so familiar. And yet you were in a hormone haze and followed by a wedding daze. And you thought you died and <laughs> gone to heaven, right? Mm -hmm, and so right. you've got this miraculous human being who is your soulmate. He knows everything about you or she knows everything that you like. And you think that you have just found the perfect partner. But that charade can only be kept up for a certain amount of time. Hijackals will mm -hmm. always try to rush you. They will want to get married, move in, or have babies. And that will rush you into giving them power over you. So that probably happened to you. You were swept off your feet in the traditional way, slowly or sometimes very quickly after the, the wedding. All of a sudden, the hijackal has you in his lair. He starts to take care of or she starts to take care of the finances, making things like, oh, let me do that for you. I don't want you to have to worry yourself about the finances. I'll handle that. Pretty soon, slowly, they have taken power, power, power in the guise of helping. And yet when you wake up and you realize what's happened, you find that you have nothing left. Nothing is your, your name. The bank accounts are taken care of by the hijackal. So many times people come to me and they say, I'd like to leave, but I can't. I don't have a cent. And so we have to make a plan. We have to we have to have a slow exit strategy. And some people stay because I I talk about this very, very, very fine edge that we need to know about. And actually I did a Facebook live on it this week. So you go to Facebook.com slash relationship help doctor, you can see it there. And what, what the edge is, is you have to make an individual decision that only you can make. Like, 
is what the hijackal is showing my children acceptable in any way? Can I ameliorate that that behavior? Can I intervene? Can I counteract that behavior? Because you have to remember, if you leave the hijackle, the hijackle is going to be very unhappy. And the hijackle will go and seduce the court. And in far too many of my clients' cases, try as we might, they don't have the money to get a great attorney. The hijackal has all the money. They get a fabulous attorney who's a hijackal, of course. They'll fire attorneys until they get a hijackal attorney. And then the pers- the the partner is facing having only part-time with their children. That may be 50% or depends on the persuasiveness of the hijackal. They could even lose more time with their children. Now the hijackal has the child in their care, can say or do anything, and you don't hear it or see it, and you can't counteract it. So that's why you have to make some very, very carefully calibrated decisions about leaving a hijackal when you have children. What an absolute nightmare to me listening to this. I mean, for people out there, and, you know, I can reasonably I can think of a few people that might you know fall in that into that world and that is that is just absolutely terrifying for people and I can see how it could happen depending upon how well the hijackal can hide it Um, if you can hide it all the way through dating and of course if your courtship is short because I you know I can see the old um, I'm older now I'm I'm dying to get married I'm in my 30s I want to have kids you hook up with somebody we don't have to wait long we're older we know what we want not that this happens all the time but I can see the scenario around it happening and then all of a sudden the person swoops in we only need to know each other six months we'll we'll go to Hawaii and get married right away after six months and then you can hide it for a while and then you're in this marriage, you have a child and then it starts to come out. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's that's awfully scary. It is awfully scary and it happens far more than you would think. And in fact, six months for a hijackal, that's a long time. The, <laughs> the hijackals will tell you on the first or second date, where have you been all my life? I've been waiting for you. I just know <laughs> we need to get married. And if someone tells you that on the first or second date, run. If they really want you, they'll come back and find you and you'll get it on your terms. But if someone says that to you, really open your eyes to everything that's in the How to Spot a Hijackal ebook because everybody needs to know how to spot a hijackal. You're going to have them in your family. You're going to meet them. And you need to recognize the traits, the patterns, and the cycles. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, there is, this, there is, I believe, anybody can find love in different ways. And there can be love at first sight. But also, you can also say to yourself, I already know I'm going to marry this person. I've had a lot of men say that to women. I've heard them say that, but they waited three years because I exactly. know I, I know I know this is the one, but I need to get to know the person first. I still need Good to do idea. that. Yeah, I need to go through that, even though I knew I had that feeling right off. They don't jump into it right away. So, so you mentioned before about intervening. Um, can can a person, the non hijackal in the relationship, can? How do they do they intervene by interjecting 
themselves into this or is there really nothing they can do? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by intervene. Are you thinking of breaking the cycle? Yeah, I think I am. I think that's what I'm asking. Okay. Well, you can't break their cycle, but you can break yours. Once you get some help and you start taking getting a, a long-distance view of what's going on, because the hijackal wants to keep you up close and personal. So when you get some help and you step back and you have some distance and some time to think about it, then you are going to change your cycles, your interactions, your expectations, your th- uh, voice, the things that you speak up about. Mm-hmm. You're going to make some changes that will interrupt those cycles. Now, word to the wise, those cycles may get much worse when you do that first Mm. because hijackals don't want you to have any power and if you start doing things that demonstrate that you have a little power and that you're looking to build that power they dig their heels in and they want to make a really quick maneuver to shut you down so you just have to know that and their fear is not having power over you so When you say you're going to leave, a hijacker will say something like, well, you can leave if you want, but nobody would ever want you. I mean, who would want someone like you? And they put that distress into you. Like, is that right? Is this the best I can expect in life? Is this the way it's always going to be? Should I stick with my plan here? And Because I might not find anyone that I want to be with or they wouldn't want to be with me. And the hijacker will build in that doubt and fear in you so quickly. So when you start to change and you have some boundaries and you're not living up to their expectations and you are voicing things differently, using some strategies and and, uh, insights that you get, then you begin to see whether or not change is possible. The change in you is possible, but whether or not the change in the relationship is possible remains to be seen. Every hijackal has some supply sitting around. That means that they have people waiting in the wings. They may not be actively flirting with them or engaging with them or having an affair with them at this time, but they have prospects. They have their eye on two or three people. Usually, though, they have interactions with them. They're either going to coffee or they're doing something more. So when you say you're leaving, they say, well, that's okay. More time for the other one. And so they don't get too bothered by it, except when you seem very, very serious about it. And when you get serious about it, they get fearful because now they're not going to have power over you. Now, remember something important I haven't said. Hijackals don't have love to give you. They have uses for you. And that becomes evident to you. That you're being used as their whipping post, as their person to blame, as the person that they can take out their frustration on. They have uses for you. I was in a relationship with a hijackal a long time ago now. And I couldn't figure out for the longest time why he always wanted me to go to networking events with me. This is how slow I was back then. (laughs) And he said... Every time we go somewhere, instead of saying, you know, this is Roberta Shaler, he would say, I'd like you to meet my date, Dr. Roberta Shaler. And as I began to watch his behavior, he was a very covert hijackal. And as I, as I was with him for a number of months, 
I then learned that he could never keep a job because of his hijackal nature. He always had to be right. So there's another thing that you can see. If a person can't keep a job, they may in fact, and, and they have the things we're talking about, that may help you understand that they may also be a hijackal. My goodness. Well, you know, in thinking about this, it's just amazing to me, you know, I, I, I assume our listeners are probably roaming through their mind and thinking about who in their life might be a hijack or having no love to give. I have to wonder, listening to these patterns, if oftentimes hijackals would obviously prey upon people with perhaps self-love problems, self-esteem issues. Oh, absolutely. Those are prime hijackal bait. Because those are people who are tend to be codependent and they are quite happy to turn themselves into people-pleasing pretzels. So mm. this person comes along and they just believe that, oh, this person has chosen me, I'll be whatever she or he wants. And so they will be malleable and they will take whatever's given to them. Yes, I mean, if you don't have a strong sense of self, you may well become hijackobait. Well, we have learned some really amazing information. I really appreciate you being on today, Dr. Shaler, and talking about hijackals. Just to kind of wrap things up, tell our audience again how to find you, where they should go, how they can reach you, all that good stuff. Sure, I will. And I'll just tell you, I just got a message that said that I have an extra 10 minutes, if that matters to you. Um, somebody, my six o'clock person just told me they were going to be late. So um, oh, how good. Can, let's keep going then. Absolutely. <laughs> how they can find me is to go to forrelationshiphelp.com. Everything that I do is related to that website. And so you can uh, subscribe to my weekly tips for relationships. You can read my blog. You can uh, also find out how to get the Hijackal book, although I've already told you, you can go directly to hijackals.com. And all my books that are in print are on Amazon, and they are, many of them are digital as well. And if someone wants to work with me and they want to start with a free few minutes to talk about how we'd be a good fit and what results you want, you will find that at forrelationshiphelp.com slash free consult. Well, thank you so much. And you know, since we do have that extra time, um, I do want to explore just a, in a specific area a little bit more. We talk about those that attract hijackals. And we just mentioned, you know, those who um, have low self-esteem or those that might come from families of hijackals who might be who might only know that way. And, and how often is it that we stay with what we're comfortable with, not necessarily what's best for us and what would make us truly at peace so uh, are there other um are there other ways hijackals get into your life that you know than those two scenarios yes and here's one that maybe will be quite shocking to people but hijackals like to get positions of power in spiritual organizations and i call them spiritual terrorists because they will use whatever principles uh, the particular organization believes in. They're very keen on fundamentalist Christian organizations. Um, and then they will find that gives them another way to make you wrong. 
and they will make other people wrong, but they will be charismatic and have people drawn to them, particularly the people who are uncertain, who want someone to appreciate them and care about them and give them direction. And so that also occurs. And it occurs in many families where there is a hijackal, the church is supporting the hijackal rather than the partner. So no pun intended, but preying upon the vulnerable. Yes, in both senses of the word, <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'm going to pray that you be relieved of your low, low, low behaving behaviors. And I'm going to pray on you because I'm a predator. Well, exactly. Boy, I would have never thought about that before. So so could that relate to any not that everybody in a high position of power is a hijackle, for goodness sake, but um, is that like one trait? I know there are a few traits that you have to have to be a hijackle. So is one of those traits overall that um, you seek positions of power of any sort? Or Oh, is yes. That- okay. Okay. And think about the political arena. How many places are we going to find hijackles there? Ultimate power. You know, you, 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 you want to have, have yourself a little laugh, just do a search, a uh, Google search on the terms uh, professions sociopaths attract. And then you will find, here they are, I'll give you the top 10, a CEO, an attorney, the media, a salesperson, a surgeon, a journalist, policeman, clergyman, chef, and civil servant. Anybody who can have power over other people. You've met them. You've gone to the state or the city offices and somebody Mm -hmm. has the ultimate power to give you a license or not give you a license and they decide one day not to give you one. There's no good reason, but they decide that. You may very well be looking at a hijackle. Oh, my goodness. They're everywhere. They're everywhere, and I don't want you to be uh, frightened of that. I don't want any of our listeners to be frightened of it. I want you to be aware of it. These people are not doing this purposefully. They didn't grow up saying, I'm going to be a nasty, horrible person. They were groomed for this. Some of them had DNA markers. There was trauma in their early life. They saw only this at home and they either became a hijackal or they became hijackal bait. And so there are about one in 25 people that are deemed to be likely, in my term, a hijackal. So you're going to I meet see. them. Yeah, you're going to meet you, them. You know what's interesting? This is what's interesting to me. It always comes back to, because I, because this is something throughout my life I had to work on was self-love. It always comes back to self-love. And, and wor- like you said and mentioned earlier, working on yourself first, working on self-esteem, self-love, self-care. And I have found um, when I was younger, I could have been hijackal bait very easily. However, some of the other issues that I had in life, I think protected me from that. For instance, I would wart off um, loving partnerships because of my self-esteem. So I would do the opposite. I would wart them off because I had low self-esteem at the same time. I was great bait for a hijackal. But I don't think I got too deep with one because of that other side of things. But once I really gained very high self-esteem, I worked on myself for years, 
realizing that it, it, honestly it didn't come from my parents it was i was very critical of myself it was really on me i never had parents saying you're unattractive or anything but i was one of those people with the dna who was very critical of myself and so when that self-esteem and self-love comes and you work on that however one does it with a therapist reading uh, going to different events that support that or combinations of that, it all comes back to self-love. Because when you have that, do you agree that you know you tend to attract another self-loving person in your life so you don't end up having that in your life? And if it comes into your life, they fall away because you don't either put, you don't put up with it or you don't even attract it in there because of, of the way you feel about yourself. I think you said that really well, Lori. That's that's what happens. And and always remember, what everybody, when we're talking about high self-esteem, we're not, not talking about arrogance or conceit. We're talking about the mm. fact that I think I kind of approve of myself. I am looking at myself in various ways, and I find that I'm living my values. I'm living my vision for my life. I'm living my beliefs about everything, the world, money, family, everything. And I, I am on point with where I'd like to go in life. And that means you have high self-esteem. That Very you, so. Yeah, you believe that you are on a good path and you like who you are. That's what it means. And so when you're out there being that and another person comes and tries to to get the edge on you in two or three days, you'll soon figure out that this has become a competition. And you don't want to be in any relationship that is a competition. So true. That's that's no fun. Um, but I'll tell you, I am very thankful for my husband who couldn't be more opposite of that and uh, comes from a wonderful family. Uh, but I mean, I wasn't able to do that as a younger person. So, so I'm very thankful for that. And it just goes to show us that working on yourself is really number one. And you, you know, you discuss that too, and you have those opportunities with what you do, as you said, go to forrelationshiphelp.com. Is that, is, do I have that correct? Yeah, yes, you do. And you'll find all the courses that I offer and the small group consulting that I do. <coughs> Excuse me. So there are lots of things that you can entry points as soon as you're ready so that you can start to understand this and then to move away from it, to develop the skills and the insights and the strategies to be working on yourself to say, okay, now I see it. No, now that I see it, it's not okay with me, and I'm going to do something differently. Well, wonderful information. I'm so glad that you were able to be on the Happiness Hangout today, Dr. Shaler. You, your information was very insightful and eye-opening and uh, just wonderful to talk with you. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. It was great to talk with you, too. And uh, I wish you well with this show. I know that you're doing wonderful things and making a great contribution. Well, thanks. And you as well. And uh, looking forward to uh, talking with you again. And thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Well, this is Lori Peters from The Happiness Hangout. If you want to check out um, my book tour, where I'm speaking, and my book, Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness, just make sure to check out my website, www.happinesshangout.com.
hangout.net. My book is on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback. Again, go to www.happinesshangout.net. See y'all next time. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net. www.happinesshangout.net. Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout-out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.